hardworking accounts payable teams at many, many organizations are really doing a lot more complex work than their bosses realize. They need to not only know best practices, they have to stay up to date on a wide array of regulatory issues, change processes to protect against an ever-growing number of complex frauds, and diplomatically deal with a number of different employees and suppliers who don't abide by company policy. I really wanted to call this broadcast Understanding why accounts payable is much harder and more complex than most financing and accounting executives realize. But clearly, that was far too long, even though it sums up the many overlooked intricacies that go into running and working in a best practice accounts payable operation. Stick around until the end when I share one practice that goes on in many organizations that in and of itself is not bad, as long as management realizes what they are doing and don't paint accounts payable as the guilty party. Sadly, that blame game goes on unfairly in far too many organizations. This talk was inspired by something that happened to me at a party that absolutely shocked me. In fact, I was so taken back, I was so surprised, I completely forgot the beginning part of the conversation. Let me explain. So I was at a uh, potluck dinner, if you will, for my, one of my plant groups. There are about 15 of us in this group and they have these get-togethers, if you will, about uh, once or twice a year. And typically uh, the member comes and most of the time they bring the, their spouses. And, and I know most of the spouses. Um, I belong to this group for about 15 years, but there are a few that I don't know. Now, one of my friends, I knew her husband did something in procurement, but that's all I knew. And she didn't really talk about it. And, and that was fine. So anyway, we're at this potluck dinner and somebody asked me a question. I was already, I'd already gotten my plate of food and was sitting down. And I don't remember what the question was, as I said, because I was so, so shocked by what happened next. But they asked me, and apparently I used the words accounts payable in my response. They asked me something about my work. And from clear across the room, I heard someone almost yell at the top of their lungs, accounts payable? What, what was that? Did you say you, were, you, you talk about or you write about accounts payable? And I, I looked over and as I said, it was the friend's husband who works in procurement. And I, and I said, yes, I, I do that. And he said, I worked as an accounts payable manager for two and a half years, and it was the hardest job I ever had. He came over and he, he sat down and we started talking for the first time in like the 15 years I belonged to this group. And as I, I knew, he had been the procurement manager uh, at, a, at a large organization. And when COVID hit, for I don't know what reasons, the accounts payable manager either was let go or quit, whatever. And he was called in and told, you're now going to be the accounts payable manager in addition to, to all your other jobs. And so for the next two and a half years, he got to... Uh, experience, if you will, the full-fledged uh, exposure to accounts payable. And what he encountered shocked him. And as he said, it was the hardest job in the world that he'd ever had. And he works pretty hard. It's not that he, you know, it was some cream puff. Uh, he had recently retired, and you'll love the reason why he retired. He retired because the organization was going to have an ERP upgrade. And doing this hardest job he ever had and an ERP upgrade was just more than he could fathom. Now, some of you may have had a similar experience in your organization when uh, COVID hit because I heard from a number of people whose controllers actually came out and said they were astounded, pleasantly astounded at how their AP groups managed to keep the lights on, keep you know the, the company running despite the um, challenges, if you will, that we had in those last two years. So um, how is this the hardest job in the world? And what is it 
about it that many people don't realize? Well, I've had a lot of time to think about it, not a lot, about two weeks, because uh, this, this happened about two weeks ago. And um, I was reflecting on what he said in our, our final conversations, and I broke it down into a number of areas, and I want to share it with you. Um, and again, as I go through this, I'd love to hear your comments if you've experienced something different or, of course, if I've missed something. So what is it that these folks have to deal with that many don't realize? Number one, they have to deal as diplomatically as possible, and it's often quite difficult, with employees who either ignore the rules or they try and bend the rules. They, some of them will know what they are, and some of them just ignore it. Now, the, the biggest area, but not by far the only area where this happens, is expense reports. We all know that managers are supposed to review expense reports and make sure they're in compliance with, with the company policy but many, many don't. In fact, about 80% um, of organizations have a problem with this. And when this happens, typically if the expense report comes into accounts payable, AP will look at it, and if they see something on it that's not appropriate, they'll reject it. And of course, then they have the often difficult dialogue, often with people who are at a higher level than they are, trying to explain why they won't uh, reimburse for something, okay? And I don't think Few people who work outside AP realize how difficult it is. These folks, all they're doing is administering a policy that management approved and put in place when they approved the, the uh, expense reimbursement policy, and they get they get blamed for it. So there's a lot of um, interpersonal uh, difficulties, if you will, uh, dealing with that. This is exacerbated um, when an employee either uses a personal card or is responsible for making the credit card payment, because then there is the additional issue of either they didn't turn the expense report in on time to get it approved, and now the credit card bill is looming, and they need the money to make the payment, and they're often trying to maneuver around the uh, timeframes that are set in accounts payable, and sometimes it's exacerbated even further because the employee did what he or she was supposed to do, but the manager, their manager, took their time in approving the expense report, and now they can't get a, you know, a check run or an ACH payment in time to make the credit card bill. Um, so there's a lot of diplo diplomacy required there. And oftentimes, AP is blamed for simply administering the policy that management put in place. So typically, the person will want a rush check or a rush ACH payment. And of course, um, AP's role, uh, one of their tasks should be, if they're running a best practice operation, is, is to minimize it. So that's that's further conflict. Um, along the same lines, they have conflicts with uh, folks who put in for an expense and then want the check, if it's a paper check, uh, returned to them so they can deliver the payment. And that's a weak internal control. And most accounting groups or most auditors will tell you not to do it. But again, who gets blamed for administering this policy? AP. So uh, people will often say um, less than uh, nice things about AP. Okay, I'm going to stop talking about that and talk about the next area where AP has a really hard time, and I don't think people um, realize. So sometimes it's not only employees who are maneuvering around, if you will, the AP constraints, um, it's suppliers. They have to deal with suppliers who play all sorts of games, and not only is it the suppliers, but sometimes employees who will advocate inappropriately on behalf of their favorite supplier. So um, they may try and get them paid faster. Supplier may call up and say, hey, Joe said you would pay me early. And then when you go to Joe, sometimes he did promise that you'd pay them early. And then you have to have a conversation that's diplomatic, if you will, with Joe. And sometimes he didn't. And then you have to go back and deal with the, they have to go back and deal with the supplier and explain that they're not going to be, be, you know, Joe didn't say that. And but you don't want to call the supplier a liar. So it's really a fine, it's a delicate dance, if you will. Okay, 
Next, we want to talk about how accounts payable has to deal with a growing number of complex and growing regulatory compliance issues. Um, the, the most prominent one, the one that at least I talk about the most, is, are the, the 1099s. And I want to share with you a story. Um, the rules for 1099s typically change every year. The IRS tweaks uh, their rules. And you know what you were supposed to report on one form may get moved to another form or in a different box. Uh, they, just, they, they, they make changes every year. And for that reason, by the way, as an aside, at AP Now, at my company, we offer a series of webinars and e-workshops in the fall um, with the latest information, the latest um, data to help account accounts payable teams um, produce the, the 1099s. Now, you know, my first thought when I started doing this a million years ago was 1099s are a tax thing. Why isn't the tax department doing it? But they don't. And in about 75% of all companies, AP prepares the 1099s, which is a thankless task. I can tell you a story at one company that I worked for. Thank God I had nothing to do with this. The 1099s for the board of directors went out incorrectly. And needless to say, there was a big hoop to do over that. Everybody was, oh my God. Um, and like I say, thank God I wasn't involved with that. So they reissued the 1099s um, and you know, everybody was on pins and needles. And unfortunately, the first reissue was wrong and the 1099s had to be issued, reissued a second time. I think somebody got fired over that. I don't know if that was really fair. I don't know the, the details, but it just goes to show um, you know, how the scrutiny can come to this. And of course, not only do they have to uh, issue them, and even when they issue them right, you'll have some, they'll have to deal with some uh, independent contractors, for example, who get the 1099, and then will call up and say, well, why did you issue this? You know, um, you're telling the IRS that I have this income, now I have to pay taxes on it. And the answer is, yeah, that's right. We all have to pay taxes on our income, but they have to be diplomatic about it. Now, this is um, exacerbated, if you will, sometimes um, by the view that some management teams or some other folks will have of AP where they'll look at them as clerks. And I can remember when I, I worked for the, the first company that I worked for that we produced an accounts payable newsletter and we sent out our marketing and we got a, a response back from somebody who we had offered a, a, a trial subscription. And she wrote back and this broke my heart. She said, I, I wanted to subscribe, but my boss said, I don't need this because I'm only a clerk. and you know, we actually considered giving her a free subscription, but then we realized that our boss would probably have our heads for it. So, you know, people sometimes will look at the AP staff with this, oh, they're just clerks mentality, but at the same time, they expect extraordinary things with, from the, which they don't even realize. They expect them to get the bills paid on time and only once. That's a lot more complicated than you may realize. Uh, bills, uh, invoices come in with errors on them all the time and they've got to be resolved. They've got to get the 1099s out correctly, which I've already spoken about. They're expected to recognize new frauds and not fall for them. Um, and they are, have to deal with a whole array of folks, both internal and external, diplomatically. Now, uh, one of the reasons that I started the AP Nail channel is to hopefully give folks the best practice information that they need. Um, and we started this channel for the same reason. And we produce new uh, payment and accounts payable content for this channel on Tuesdays and Thursdays with some short tips on other days. So please, once you finish listening to this, um, check out our over 400 videos. Uh, but again, wait until you're finished. All right, so let's move on. I alluded to fraud, so let's talk a little bit about fraud. Uh, fraud is a huge issue, and your AP staff is to, 
is expected to detect frauds and prevent them. So you want to make, they want to identify new frauds and change your processes so you don't fall for them. And if for some reason they do fall for them, then you want to detect it early on so you can uh, fix the processes. This is really complicated stuff because crooks and criminals are brilliant. I hate to say this. Some of them are really, really smart and they come up with all sorts of new frauds, stuff that, you know, I wish I could come up with because then I could tell you in advance and you, you could stop it and you know, hopefully somebody would pay me a, a lot of money for that, but I'm not as devious, I guess, as they are. The Association for Financial Professionals um, in a recent survey showed that 61% of these new electronic payment frauds are directed at accounts payable, at your accounts payable teams. So really, 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 they need to uh, keep up to date on this because, you know, they fall for one. It's not like it's going to be for $200. It's more apt to be $200,000 or $2 million. So we need to make sure that our AP team has all the business intelligence we can give them. I've done a number of talks on fraud, which you can find on this channel. So I'm not going to go over, uh, beat that horse, if you will, to death. But really, you're expecting a lot from your AP teams, and many of them do. Um, an excellent job. Now, I want to talk about the blame game. You know what rolls downhill? And AP often gets blamed for everybody else's mistakes. Now, I want to share with you an experience that I had. I got a call, as I sometimes do, from the CEO of an organization. And he said, I'm looking for you to come in and uh, uh, review my accounts payable um, operation and tell me where we need to make changes. He said, my accounts payable team stinks. And I don't care if you tell me to fire them all. We'll go ahead and do that. We're having so much trouble. Now, this was, that's what he said. And that's what he believed. Okay. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't doubt him. So, you know, I went in and this is what I found. Number one, their processes were so convoluted that they couldn't get an invoice out on time if their lives depended on it. They were putting two manual signatures on everything, and they were actually considering putting a third manual signature on because things were getting paid twice because it took them so long to get paid, etc. But the final straw to their whole payment process came um, when... Uh, the CFO came up, it was towards the end of the year with a, a master plan. They were already, they had, I think, 30 days, 30, 30 day terms, and they were paying people in 60 or more days. So their suppliers were already not happy with them. And then the CFO decided that for year end purposes, they wanted to have financial statements that showed a, a bit of cash on it. So they were window dressing financial statements, as people are, are apt to do, as companies will do from time to time. Okay, now. Uh, because of that, he told the AP staff, okay, we're not going to pay anything. So from like the middle of November to the end of the year, they didn't pay anyone. Now, as you might imagine, the suppliers were livid, okay? They were already getting paid way beyond terms, and now they were adding all this. And they were calling the CEO up in droves, uh, complaining, which has led to him calling me, you know, saying my APT stinks. His AP team didn't stink. They actually were doing a decent job given all the constraints that they had. Now, this type of thing also will happen. And, and by the way, they shouldn't have been taking the blame for that. They either needed to tell the suppliers they weren't going to uh, pay them, you know, until the next year or understand that they were going to take a lot of grief. I, I call it taking one for the team. Now, this type of thing might also happen if you decide, if management decides to extend payment terms uh, to enhance cash flow. I don't necessarily agree with it, but that's a talk for another time. And this is might be an example of a time when um, AP, the company, decides they don't want to tell the suppliers that either they're not paying them for uh, 
financial statement window dressing or they want to enhance cash flow, they're not going to tell them. Well, then, yeah, AP does need to take one for the team. They're going to put up with a lot of abuse, if you will, from suppliers who are not happy with them. And this, this might be okay, okay? As long as everybody, including management, recognizes what's going on and they don't blame late payments on AP and, you know, call someone like me and say, my AP team stinks. When in reality, all AP is doing is implementing the policy that management authorized. Now, when you do this, don't expect your AP team to sell it as acceptable. So if you if you agree to pay in 30 days and now you start paying in 60 days, yeah, well, they'll have to take some abuse, but there's no way they're going to be able to convince your suppliers that this is a, a, a fair or a decent thing for, for to be. This would be like going to a restaurant and ordering a filet mignon, being charged for the filet mignon, and then being served a hamburger and expecting the waiter to convince the diner that the hamburger was really an acceptable substitute for the filet and they should pay the filet price. Okay, nobody would do that. That's ridiculous. So that's what you're doing when you uh, to your AP team when you expect them to kind of sell these longer terms. It's not their job, okay? All their job is is to implement your policy. Now, the other time when this might happen is if an organization is having financial difficulties and they just don't have the money to pay, and management has determined that they do not want to tell suppliers this. Again, you know, take one for the team, but recognize that's what they're doing and don't criticize them for it. Now. I've already gone through um, a lot of stuff, probably bored some of you a little bit to tears. I hope not. But one of the things I haven't touched on is technology. There's quite a bit of new technology. Some of it's driven by AI, some of it's not. And a lot of it's fun uh, focused on the AP staff. Now, your AP staff has to learn what it can do. They have to uh, deal with uh, their staff, their staff fears, and management misconceptions about what this technology can do. Oftentimes, it does not live up to its billings, okay? You can't eliminate your whole AP staff. It takes a while to imp implement, etc. cetera. Um, oftentimes, though, management has been, I don't want to say sold a bill of goods because I don't really believe that, um, but, you know, they, they believe the press, and then in their mind, they think that, um, you know, oh, we'll get this, they'll press a button, and the whole um, accounts payable uh, function can be uh, eliminated. Not true. It's a valuable aid. I'm not going to do it. Uh, I'm not going to lie about it. But it is far from the silver bullet that many management teams think it is. That's why we did a whole session focused on five ways AP has more work now, despite AP automation. You can watch it right now using the link that will appear momentarily on your screen and is in the description below. As always, we appreciate your thumbs up because they help us grow.